Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chrissy. Chrissy. <laughs> it was the annoying nickname my uh, Colombian wife Elena gave me. Chrissy. Hi, Chrissy. Yeah. It was cute. Ah, today, topic manifestation. And the diversity of ways people go about it. If you want to study yourself, human development, spirituality, self-awareness, uh, if you want to learn about life, study, self-mastery, personal mastery, uh, the giant within, or whatever Anthony Robbins calls it, if you want to study all of these topics in one sentence, it's manifestation. Not even one sentence, it's one word, isn't it? Manifestation. How do I manifest? How do I bring my body and my mind, my spirit, my soul, my connection to God, universe, nature, Allah, how do I bring it all together in a way that manifests? Because at the end of the day, manifest means get what you want, create what you want, have what you want, do what you want. So from, a, from the first breath we take, we start screaming and basically what we're saying is, I want a nipple. And then about a year later, we want a bottle, well, sometimes, two years. Then we want a cuddle. And then we want to walk, then we want a toy, then we want Easter eggs or whatever, then we want friends, then we want a laugh, then we want Cadbury's Dairy Milk Chocolate, and then we want, well, it's not long before we want to finish school, then we want to pass the exams, then we want to go to uni, and then we want to have a shag. So, wanting. It's really good. Manifestation. So, the process of getting what we want is complicated and you look at the diversity of ways people go about it. Some people stop eating and become, uh, I don't know, uh, yogis. Some people keep eating and become whales. Some people uh, work until they mentally so fatigued that they're burnt. Some people don't work. Go up to Nimbin or a place where marijuana is the, is the uh, currency. Some people come down here in Bondi and surf and get the unemployment and enjoy that. They're manifesting what they want. So, to look at the world, look at churches, to look everywhere, is looking at people going about the process they perceive to be the most, well, I suppose you could say low cost in their estimation process for getting what they want. Some people are frightened of not getting what they want. So they attach themselves to a person who gets what they want. 
that's understandable if we're frightened that we are not abundant if we're frightened that we're not good enough if we're frightened that we'll run out of luck then we attach ourselves to someone who if we should run out of luck would stand by us that's the fallback other people are really interesting to meet when they're not getting what they want but when they start to get what they want they become gluttonous they don't know when to stop so you really meet people who oh, oh, I haven't got enough money and you help them get some money and get a good job and they go but the job's not good enough I want two jobs I want to earn more money from this and they just don't know when to stop getting what they want so they remain under the same stress that they were under when they didn't have what they want when they get what they want that's intense so they get a habit and the habit is the stress of not having what they want even when they've got what they want and that's pretty disappointing I think for them because when you question it it's because they're in a state of continual disappointment continual frustration I suppose that they haven't got what they want dissatisfaction dissatisfaction of course is a real negative self-deprecating energy and it leads to people not getting what they want so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy manifestation really is the study of the human race study of yourself if you want to study yourself if you're meditating it's because you want something you want to escape the real world and find some level of unreal world or what they call bliss or happiness that is outside of reality so there's one escape another escape would be uh, coming a, a runner so you can stay thin but then eat all you want or drink all you want but run it off which seems to me to be a questionable process uh, but there that person you can't question because they're getting what they want they're getting lots of food lots of alcohol and they're getting it off so they don't look bad as a result so you could say they're manifesting a little bit from where I look around in circles but they're manifesting so let's talk about the process of manifestation when I meet somebody who is in a state of despair say for example the children are sick or they're sick or they're in a struggle financially they start looking up and asking for help they start looking I don't know if it's to the to God or to the heavens or to the universe but they certainly recognize they've gone to a point where they've in a way lost control of the outcome 
And that's a really, 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 really important moment in your day. We model this, we say, when we really, 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 really want something, we will recognize that we're not the only element or not the only variable in manifestation. There's something bigger than us involved in it. And when we're in a state of complete surrender, that it's so big and so frightening and so out of our control, we openly recognize the presence of that higher power or that bigger thing. But as we start to manifest, it's almost like we go, oh, fuck you now, I've got it, you can't take it away from me. Ha ha ha. Manifestation, I see so many different, different ways people go about triggering that what do I want process. I've seen people so depressed and so crying and so hurting in pain. But what they're de delivering in that moment is the moment of truth of what do they want. When they're crying and in pain and, and it's really hurting and they're beyond their own personal reconciliation of the situation, they reach out and tell the truth and the universe always hears them. And provides a solution. Whether they want that solution or can accept that solution, that's another topic. But the universe always provides a solution. Something that's there, it's ready to help. They could reject that solution and say, nah, fuck it, I, I want it this way, or I want that way, or I, it, unless it's like this, I won't have it. And that's, that's kind of like uh, understandable, because, you know, it might... The solution might be to not do the same job anymore or might be to sell your shares or it might be to downsize your house or the solution might be, uh, Chris, it could be anything. And you have a right to say whether you want that or not, but the universe or when you reach out to the higher power above you, it doesn't always give you it the way you want it because you don't always ask for it in different forms. You just go, give it to me, whatever it is, help me, help me, save me. And it does. <clears throat> the second thing that happens to a person when they're in a process of deep and powerful manifestation is that they think of others in the process of manifesting. So they, they don't, very rarely do they say, I want a gold medal. They very rarely say that. They say, my family uh, has, has backed me all this way and with that I, I, I want to share a gold medal with a bunch of people. I, I, and there becomes a sense of other in the, in the I-ness of manifestation. It becomes a sense of we. And that's kind of like a purpose for, 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 for manifesting, not just uh, individual. Because it's hard to have the self-worth to ask for a billion dollars. But if you're asking for a billion dollars, 
and we really are uh, reaching out to uh, support a world, then uh, it's easy to have the, the self-worth, to have it. All you're going to be is the, the driver of a very, very, very big ship. And if you're good at driving, then you'll have the confidence to say, that's what I want. There starts to become also a clear picture. So a person in, in, a, in a place of manifestation, in a dire state of manifestation, tears running down the corners of their eye in a state of inspiration, can describe what they're trying to manifest in the most vivid of details, in absolute clarity, without even uh, a moment hesitation. They'll describe a scene, some time hence in the future, it doesn't matter how far, but they'll describe a scene so pure, pure and so beautiful and so awake that you feel like when they're talking about it that, they, that you're there. And this is called expanding the now. Making the now so profoundly vivid that it actually becomes connected to the future. So there is no present and future. It evaporates. It, there is just this vivid picture in the now of the future. So we expand the now out to include the future. So that's the second uh, element of uh, this process. The third, fourth. If you move even further along to what people do when they're in a state of powerful manifestation, is that they start to, I suppose the word is chunk it down. They start to think, they start to look around for something to do right away. So they start to be motivated to behave today in a way that'll get them what they want because this vivid picture triggers action. So they go into activation mode. With that, automatically comes step two. And that is to, in a way, sniff hope. Now, when you sniff hope, when you sniff hope, you get eternally grateful for what you've got. Like if you, let's say you, for example, you fall off uh, an ocean liner, it's going somewhere, and you're in the middle of the ocean all by yourself, and you go, shit, I'm alone in the night, and it's pitch black, and I can hear sharks flapping around, and big seas, uh, I'm going to drown. And you go, oh my God, don't let me drown, don't let me drown. And you're there, and you start dreaming about how good it would be to be you know, eating a chop, uh, a steak, uh, uh, somewhere in the world, somewhere else, and you start to get a vivid picture of where you want to be, and then all of a sudden, uh, a little ray of sunlight comes over the horizon, you go, oh, shit, it's morning. And you become absolutely, eternally grateful that you survived the night. So gratitude for what you've got, gratitude for, gratitude for, uh, the past and the present becomes overwhelmingly huge. 
overwhelming. And that starts a whole other journey, the second part, phase two of manifestation. Because that creates energy and action and it creates movement in the direction of it. It creates an enthusiasm for the possibility of what you want to manifest, manifest. So, in coaching, we know that emotion is the enemy of manifestation. We know that when you get into codependency with another person, when you get into uh, a state of emotional uh, attachment to something, which is not pure love, it starts to burn the petrol that you would normally use to act on and be enthusiastic for, inspired about, and grateful for the day. And therefore, it will start to distract you back away from the vision and the calling and the sense of purpose and the sense of uh, uh, a greater connection to the universe from which, or the God or whatever it is, from which you will get the energy to build the thing you want to build. And suddenly, with that, with that emotion and that attachment, we start to develop multiple gods. We start to worship partners and kids and houses and jobs and money. We start to worship things that all compete. And this is a dilemma in the process of manifestation because we go, oh, oh, there's so many things I want to manifest and they they start to argue with each other. The one will say, oh, I want to manifest a car. Another, oh, I want to manifest a house. Oh, I want to manifest a new job. I want to manifest more money. I want to manifest more health. I want to manifest. And these things, it's okay. It's very important to know all the things you want to create and manifest in your life. It's really important to have seven visions, seven goals, seven areas of life. It's really important. But they must, they must, in order not to create the biggest chaos and the biggest mess on the planet, they must be hierarchical. There's got to be a priority. Now, if you don't prioritize those things, they're going to compete. And seven things competing with each other will compete based on uh, the squeaky wheel syndrome, which is the one that makes the loudest noise will get your focus and draw your energy. And, and with your focus and your energy, it will cause you to want to firstly repair whatever the damage is because there's a squeaky wheel. And secondly, get out of that and then go back to the thing you were manifesting, which in the meantime you've ignored and therefore caused those people who would have supported you in manifesting that to actually back away from you. And then you want to go back to it and you go, oh, now I want to go back to this. It's really hard to go through all these, uh, all these, this diversity of equal goals. So we don't. We, we, we work out your values we work out what is the top value and the lowest value, and we make sure seven days a week, 24 hours a day, you focus on the highest value. We link the lower values to the highest value, and that's a really big part of manifestation, linking. So behind the whole uh, inner wealth process, manifestation exists. And manifestation is... Uh, with, with the back on track process or with this conversation, the manifestation process, with any of these processes I've created, it's to get you what you want. 
and try to systematize it so that you can be obedient to it. It's really easy when you talk about it like this, but it's very, very easy to forget it. The body is not interested in manifestation. It's interested in getting out of pain. So it doesn't want to go somewhere. What it wants to do is get away from somewhere. And it seeks pleasure. So it will, in its own right, have its own goals. The body. Those set of goals are not necessarily your goals. It's your body's goals. And your body has to have goals. If it gets sick, it needs to get better. So you start to collaborate with your body to make your body's goals your goals. And that becomes a problem because now we've got one of the seven areas of life taking precedent when maybe you don't want to win the Olympics and maybe you don't want to be the world champion pole vaulter or something. And so now all of a sudden your body becomes the king or queen. Your mind on the other time is trained. It's educated by Netflix. It's educated by uh, uh, corporate training programs that are uh, imbalanced. It's educated by books that you read that are unwise and haven't stood the test of time. And these books and podcasts and blogs and God knows what is attacking you is trying to engage your mind in a process that I would call brainwashing, but it's it. But in uh, scientific terms, it's called neuro-linguistic programming (NLP). And what it does is it tells you something long enough and uh, consistent enough and persistently enough. To the point where you don't know that you believe it. You don't know that you know it. It becomes an automated link. And Pavlov's dog, where they ring a bell, make a dog salivate by giving it food. <coughs> ring a bell, make a dog salivate, give it food. And then finally ring a bell, the dog salivates, no food. These are the sorts of things that we are entrapped and snared in with uh, neuro-linguistic programming. And it is a conscious process. Whether you're listening to Anthony Robbins or Deepak Chopra or Matt Church or, or John D. Martini or me, everybody is engaged in, in conditioning your brain to neuro-linguistically program you to think of a picture from one word. So, for example, Anthony Robbins will say, wakening the giant. So his word is giant. And in that, every time he says giant, there's a whole book behind it. And that should paint for you a picture of you larger than life. A larger-than-life picture. So here says one word, neuro-linguistic programming. The program is one word, giant. And what he does, because he speaks loud and talks loud, he makes you think of yourself as a giant. When you think of yourself as a giant, you become a little bit fearless. And that feeling of fearlessness is really important for, for manifestation at an emotional level. So it, it's a brilliant piece of work. The fact Chopra, healing. So he, he, he has one word that he talks about healing or universal, something that he would use over and over again. It makes you feel hopeful that you will be without pain. Pleasure. And that's what he sells. And that's a placebo effect. That's neuro-linguistic programming. It's everything that you could ask for to cause people to get better. And so it works. So I'm not condemning the neuro-linguistic programming part of this, but what you have to be really careful of is that you've bought into so many uh, neuro-linguistic programs that you hear giant, you hear infinite, you hear uh, uh, success, you hear more pay, 
you hear better job, you hear words that paint a picture for you, and before you know it, you're distracted for half an hour or a day or a month or a year of your life because you heard a word and it triggered something. You have to become the master of the ship and make sure that your words that you choose on a daily basis, which are called affirmations, link to the things that you know you've documented and clearly said, this is what I would love to make my life look like. And you, the documentation part of it is in, insignificant, but the critical part of it is that you've been put into a space with a teacher such as myself, and you've, manif you've, drawn, you've gone to a place where you see the picture and we document it, so that when you go home you can write it up and not forget it. You don't do it the opposite. You don't sit behind a desk writing out your goals and your visions, uh, pretending that you're in uh, a healthy space for manifestation. That's just not the truth. To be in a space where you have a vision and you have clear goals and you have a clear purpose, you have to be in nature. You have to be outdoors. On a clifftop, uh, looking out to sea, uh, on the very top of a building, looking out across all the other buildings, you need to have vision. On the top of the Himalayas, people write their vision statements and, you know, I have clients even today that came with me to Nepal. I took a guy there a year and a half or two years ago before COVID, and he still has his vision that he created up on a rock. And we even used it last week. After two years, we still use the same vision that he wrote because it's it's it, it's unreplaceable by anything he could do living in the city. So we could uh, come up with a new vision, but it, it, it will be compared to what he got in such an inspiring place up there, compared to that, his, his, everything he would write would be of lower energy, a lower vibe or a lower inspiration or whatever. Manifestation. So when you're talking to your coach, please, or whoever your coach is, you listen to this podcast anywhere in the world, the word manifestation needs to be at the core because if you're at the you're looking at the word happiness or finding bliss or being right or getting over problems, you're, you're actually just, uh, you will just end up replacing one problem with the next problem. The, the question is, how do I manifest? How do I manifest the world that I want? How do I manifest the life that I want? How do I manifest the things that I want? And this is the great, exciting, beautiful journey. How do I help other people manifest what they want? Great question. These are the things that we are that are worth studying in life and end up being things that are written on your tombstone and have an immortal impact. The rest, well, we do it from time to time because sometimes we get really sad and we want to get not sad. But sadness, as I said before, can be an enormously powerful uh, awareness that triggers honesty around vision. And people who are afraid to be sad or afraid to be hurt or disappointed or afraid to be depressed or afraid to, afraid to be uh, hopeless, don't ever get those moments in the real world where they reconnect to their visions. Okay, it's a very long podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Well, I know you've enjoyed it. What do I say? Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.